The Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Green Bay Packers are set to face off in Tampa Bay's home opener, the first meeting between the two since the NFC Championship in Lambeau back in 2021. It's a crossover Thursday here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Let's go. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everyone, and welcome to a crossover Thursday here on the Locked On Podcast Network, and we thank you for making us your first listen or view of the day. I am James Yarko, one of the hosts of Locked On Bucks. You can find me on Twitter at jyarko underscore bucks, and I am joined by the phenomenal, the immortal, the legend, Peter Bukowski, host of Locked On Packers on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Both of us covering our respective teams five days a week, free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Once again, we thank you for making the Locked On Crossover Special your first listen or view of the day. Crossover Thursday is presented by our friends at Price Picks. Price Picks is so much fun and it's easy to play. No competing with other players, just you versus the projections available. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their Price Picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. It can literally take less than 60 seconds to enter. It's that easy. We love price picks and we know you will too. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. That's pricepicks.com, promo code locked on. Peter, it's great to see you. Great to do a show with you. We've done some stuff before for Locked On NFL, but I get to fill in this week on Crossover Thursday. Excited to talk Bucks Packers with you. So let's let's kick things off with the Packers side of the football. They're one and one. They lose to Minnesota. And then as they normally do, you could set your watch by it. They beat the Chicago Bears. <laughs> but heading into this game, what is the top story for the Green Bay Packers? I think this week it might be different than some other weeks. Um, this week it is um I think a lot more about can they take advantage of what's going on with the Tampa Bay offense? I think in a different week, you'd be much more worried about what's happening with Tampa's defense. They're once again, awesome on that side of the ball. Right. But I think when, when you're looking at this team now, the last time you and I did one of these was for a game played in January, a couple of years ago, we don't have to speak any more about that. We will. But I'm sure we will. Uh, that was so much about, oh, how do they stop Godwin and Evans and Gronk and Leonard Fournette and Tom Brady and this incredible offensive line? And we just sort of, I guess I sort of just assumed, yeah, the Packers are going to be able to score. They scored on everyone that year, even the Bucs um, in the opening of that before Aaron Rodgers decided to just lose his mind and start throwing to the wrong team, which is a thing he never does. Except in Tampa, <laughs> um, that's the weird thing about his NFL career is he just loves to turn the ball over in Tampa and nowhere else. But I, I think with now the confirmed suspension of Mike Evans, mm -hmm. the uncertainty about Chris Godwin as we're recording this, he didn't practice on Wednesday in the part of the um, practice that was open to the media. You have a backup left tackle who's now hurt. And so now you're like on the third string left tackle. You're dealing with a rookie at left guard, a backup at center. And this Packers pass rush, if you look at the, the league leaders in pressures right now, it's Preston Smith, Rashawn Gary, and Kenny Clark are all in the top six 
in terms of pressures. Kenny Clark has the same number of pressures as Aaron Donald in half the pass rush reps. He has been a monster in that department. And so it's like, okay, is, is Joe Barry going to play the umbrella passive style of coverage that we've seen, or is he going to do kind of what Mike Penn did and say, no, this is man coverage time. That's the only way to beat the Bucks. The Saints have laid that blueprint. You have to play press man and try and disrupt the timing. Are they going to do that? We don't know. I, I guess from the flip side of that, I, I have to imagine that's part of the storyline here for Tampa Bay. What are you looking at from, from your end of like, okay, this is a team that the offense has not gotten going. The defense looks much the same, but now Akeem Hicks dealing with plantar fascia. Uh, what, what is what is the big thing that you're keeping an eye on this week? The big thing, of course, and, and you've already mentioned it, is the offense, more specifically the pass catchers for Tampa Bay. I don't think Godwin is going to go this weekend. I would be shocked if he does. I, you know, when all of this went down after the Cowboys game, I had kind of earmarked week four against the Kansas City Chiefs as mm. to when I expected Chris Godwin to return. Now you're down Mike Evans. You don't know the status of Julio. I was leaning more towards he wasn't going to play against the New Orleans Saints, given that he was a true game-time decision. I do think I'm leaning more towards he will play in this game. The question is how effective and how much will he play uh, so the Bucks go out and they sign Cole Beasley. They gave this big offseason free agent contract to Russell Gage, who can't seem to get a target outside of five yards beyond the line of scrimmage. You had Brashad Perryman, who again stepped up in a big moment for the Buccaneers against the Saints, much like he did in the win against the Buffalo Bills. You had Scotty Miller lead the team in targets against the New Orleans Saints. but Packers killer, Scotty Miller. Packers, yes, uh, legend, Buccaneers legend, Scotty Miller, <laughs> who I didn't think was even going to make the team. Um, but he leads the team in, in targets in week two, but only came away with three receptions. And you're seeing the gigantic void left by Rob Gronkowski. The tight end position just isn't getting the targets, isn't getting the receptions. Over the course of two games, the tight end position as a whole has seven targets. Five of those have gone to Cameron Bray, two of them have gone to Cade Otten. So it's it's all about, as you mentioned, the protection issues obviously are, are going to be a problem. So Brady has to get that ball out quickly if he's going to throw, and, and those routes have to be short, quick, and you're going to have to rely on playmaking in space. You're going to have to rely on just chipping away and, and moving the chains. I, I do believe that the Bucs are going to take their shots like they did against the Saints, like they did against the Cowboys, but they're going to be far and few between. It's not going to be like it has the last two seasons where they're, they're going 40, 50 yards in the air multiple times a game. So it's extremely concerning what the offense is having to deal with right now in terms of injury and suspension. I, I don't think this is what Tom Brady thought he was signing up for when he came out of retirement after just a couple of weeks. Yeah. And it's, it's not like we could have predicted we'd be at this point. He could not have known that Chris Godwin would have a setback. He looked great through training camp and, and came back and played. He just happened to get hurt. I, I wanted to ask you about that actually, because I saw some, I don't have a ton of Buccaneers um, fans and media in my timeline, but I have enough to know that there, there was this, um, 
feeling from some fans that after the, the hamstring injury, it was like, why did we rush him back? Like what, what is the feeling there? Is that something that, that you, it was that, was that a pervasive thing or was that just a, a niche thing? I think it was more of a niche thing. Uh, you know, some fans saying, you know, why did we rush him back? Why did we rush him back? And the truth of the matter is Chris Godwin is not playing in that game. If Chris Godwin isn't saying I'm good to go and I can play, right. this wasn't a matter of the coaching staff pushing him and saying, we need you. We need you. It was a matter of, are you physically ready to set foot on a football field without taking any contact in practices or in training camp or anything of the sort. So he's not active if he's not the one giving the thumbs up. So it, it wasn't a, a rushing him back kind of thing. It was strictly left up to Chris Godwin and he was ready to go. It was just kind of one of those fluky things where, you know, he, he went down to the ground and, and tried to stay up and stretch that hamstring just a little too much and, you know, luckily it wasn't, you know, a re-aggravation of the knee. It was simply just a hamstring. But now you have to take the time, make sure he's fully recovered from that strain before sending him back out there. Or it will get re-aggravated and it will get much, much worse than the first time around. Yeah, and they're looking at this the same way the Packers are with, with their injured guys, right? They're taking the long view. Super Bowl is what matters. Mm -hmm not these games in September, even against a team you really want to beat, even against a team that you think you might see in the postseason, maybe all the more reason to be patient with, with these guys now because you need them in January and and having fresh legs can can help. We saw Leonard Fournette with fresh legs at the end of that, of that 2020 season into that playoff run. That seemed like that was a big boost for that team. So yeah, I think both of these teams are han handling those injuries the same way. You know, Matt LaFleur said on Wednesday he had no idea if if David Bakhtiari was going to play. Uh, the thing about it is uh, Yash Nyman has been the third graded pass blocking tackle in, in football by Pro Football Focus, one of the top graded overall tackles. Um, he's played really, really well. So I'm, I'm really interested to see him against this pass rush. But we have we have time to get into the matchups. Absolutely. We are going to get into those in just a moment. But first. I'm getting a little bit older. I can't believe that I am closer to 40 than I am at 35. Got a little bit of the dad bod going on. And I, I, I don't recover as quickly as I used to when I was a young pup. But looking for a way to get a little bit more energy, a little more pep in my step. And Nugenics is the type of thing that is helping me get there. I want more energy, chasing the kids around, getting up for work, staying up, watching football games, not a lot of sleep going on in this house. And Nugenics Total T Testosterone Booster with Testofen will help you turn back the clock, re-energize your workouts, get you better results at the gym, and help you feel like the man you really want to be. Nugenics Total T contains man-boosting key ingredients like Testofen, it has been validated in five clinical studies shown to boost free testosterone levels in men because Nugenics Total Tea boosts free testosterone that the aging process robs. You'll feel stronger, leaner, with more energy and drive and more passion too. Your partner will notice a difference. Nugenics Total Tea can help re-energize your life and help you get back to the powerful, confident, good-looking warrior you used to be. Now, Get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total Tea when you text NFL to 231-231. Text now and get a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator ever, 
with key ingredients to help you get back into shape fast, absolutely free. Text NFL to 231-231. Text NFL to 231-231. Thank you again for making us your first listen or view every day. A crossover episode talking Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Green Bay Packers. Peter, let's get into some of the key matchups that fans are going to want to keep an eye on. And we're going to start with the Packers side of the football once again. What is the key matchup that you think will help propel the Packers to victory in this one? I think I think it's it's running the ball. Can the Packers run the ball? And and one of the reasons why they struggled in those matchups in 2020 and in that that postseason was they couldn't effectively run the ball. And that that um, Buccaneers run defense was so good. I've been making this point all week. That that group was so good. Teams just said, we give up. We're just not going to do it. Like they just didn't even try to run the ball that season. And I think the Packers, they just can't take that approach. Now, this run defense so far through two games, this has been a very good Tampa Bay defense, not quite to the same level with the rushing defense. They're 15th in rushing defense DVOA. Yeah. Like that's a fine number. It's certainly much better than the Packers run defense right now, but the Packers have an, an elite rushing offense. We saw them beat the bears basically single-handedly. And even against the Minnesota Vikings, um, when, when the offense did not score a lot of points, the run game averaged over six yards of carry in that game. They handled that game up front in the trenches. They get Elton Jenkins back last week. He immediately made a huge impact on that running game. They ran to the right. I don't want to say exclusively, but but certainly more than they ran to the left. Um, and part of that is Elton Jenkins is just that dude um, in terms of being a run blocker. They've gone to a more diverse group of schemes. They're not just a wide zone team. This is not just like Sean McVay. It's wide zone. It's play action off wide zone. No, no, no. They're at they're at, they're bringing in duo and and counter runs, gap runs. They, they killed the Bears with these pin and pull runs where you're getting Josh Myers and Yash Nyman out there on the move. They're really good in space. And so you're going to make those Buccaneers linebackers flow. Levante David, really good at that. Um, Devin White is a really fast linebacker. You're, but the Packers are going to make them sift through traffic, going to make them read. And that was the thing last week too. The, the Matt Eberflus defense has been traditionally really good at keeping those linebackers from having to be in disadvantageous positions against play action. They're so well coached. They don't react to those play action fakes. The Packers got the Bears a couple times. Just like all three linebackers, just not going the right direction. And it opened up space for Sammy Watkins in behind on these little inbreakers. And I think the Packers are going to have to be able to run it effectively to make some of that stuff a little more plausible. Because if they don't run it effectively, yes, you don't need to have a good run game to have a good play action game. We have data that, that says that. But, if you're not running it, A, or B, you're not running it effectively at all, you're then less likely to run it. And we know play action is more likely to be effective in situations where the defense plausibly thinks you're going to run it. So if the Packers can win that offensive line battle in the trenches, that makes everything easier for them offensively. They have to run the ball. I have to think for the Buccaneers that same sort of message applies to the offense, given the skill position. We, we spent the whole A block talking about it. Yeah, there's there's no question about it. And I do believe that this is going to be 
we're not going to have a quarterback posting 303 touchdowns in this one. No, it's- no, no. They're, they're billing this as Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers, and I do not think it's going to be Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers. Not at all. Not at all. And and a lot of that has to do with the pass-catching issues on both sides of the ball. Uh, yeah. And, you know, both of these defenses are – very opportunistic. And so I feel that this is going to be one of those games where each offense is just trying to make sure they don't make a mistake because they know that the 11 guys opposite of them will capitalize if a mistake is made. So we're going to see heavy doses of Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. We're going to see heavy doses of Leonard Fournette and Rashad White, and now Keyshawn Vaughn with Giovanni Bernard being placed on the IR. Keyshawn Vaughn is now going to get an opportunity to suit up for a game, and he showed some flashes last year. So it's it's absolutely going to be, I think, a, a run-heavy, attempted run-heavy game in this one. And, and as you pointed they out— They really like the rookie White, right? That's one of those guys that's like— every, all, the, all the media people that I follow, Greg Allman and those guys, are like, no, this kid is the goods. He, he can be very special. He just hasn't quite shown it yet. But, you know, again, we've seen, we've seen those flashes throughout training camp and throughout the preseason that, you know, he can get it done. I think, like many rookies, he's still getting acclimated to the NFL game. So I, I think he's a guy that we're going to look back later in the season and say, wow, look at what he has provided this offense. It's just not showing up early on in the stat sheet. And Leonard Fournette, after the Saints game, said that he felt like he was running on one leg. That's a little concerning for Bucks fans, probably putting a little smile on some Packers fans' yeah, uh, faces. But you, it, it's going to be a lot of running, and it's going to be a lot of defense. And, and when I take a look at this game, you know, I mentioned both defenses are going to try to be opportunistic. So you can't run every play. These quarterbacks are going to have to put the ball in the air. And the, the key matchup that I'm looking at is Jamel Dean against Aaron Rodgers. The, mm. the Buccaneers defense is first in scoring defense, six and a half points per game. They've allowed one touchdown in two games. And that one touchdown was pretty much when the game against the Saints was already over with. Second in takeaways with six. First in total team sacks with 10 eighth in passing defense, uh, and then 10th in rushing yards allowed per game. So you take a look at at Jamel Dean. He's allowed a 45.5% completion percentage when targeted, allowed just 31 yards, and a quarterback rating of 12.9. He already has two takeaways this season. He had that pick six of Aaron Rodgers, back in week six of 2020 that completely Mm -hmm. flipped that game on its head. The Packers were up 10 to nothing at that point. And then all of a sudden, Jamel Dean just flips the switch in two games against Aaron Rodgers in 2020, that regular season and that NFC championship, he was targeted eight times, allowed four receptions, a 0.0 quarterback rating in the regular season game, 86.1 quarterback rating in the NFC championship, no touchdowns allowed, only 41 yards allowed. Jamel Dean is that dude, and he is the perfect complement to Carlton Davis. So you, you take a look at the way he's elevated his play. He straight up just took the job from Sean Murphy Bunting in that competition during training camp. Both of these guys are free agents after the season, and David Harrison and I have talked numerous times on Locked on Bucks about how these guys weren't just competing for a starting job. They were competing 
for a contract as to which these two guys was going to return. Jamel Dean can be a major X factor in this game. And he just really tends to play well against Aaron Rodgers. The question is, how are these corners going to line up against the receivers? Because there really is no set number one wide receiver. I expect Alan Lazard to kind of emerge as that guy. We've seen Christian Watson have some drop issues early in the season. I fully expect that to be cleaned up and fixed, and he is going to be a fantastic wide receiver. Sammy Watkins is is always dangerous, but the biggest question is, who is Davis going to line up against? Who is Jamel Dean going to line up against? I, I was going to ask you actually because I was looking at the I was looking at the the depth chart and and having watched them play, they they haven't really played a team through. I you know I think the Cowboys could have been this team, but they they haven't really been so far. But Alan Lazard last season played over fifty percent of his snaps from the slot, mm-hmm. and so I'm just wondering if if the Packers say okay we're going to put Alan Lazard in the slot a bunch, is it Logan Ryan? that they're going to move down there and let Antoine Winfield play a little bit more like deep half, or do you, do you put Antoine Winfield on him in those situations? Like, I'm just really curious to see how they're going to line that, that stuff up. Or you just say Carlton Davis, Alan Lazard is your guy play the old Gary Ellerson cat defense. You got that cat, you got that cat and, and just go from there. I'm, I'm fascinated to see how Tampa decides to do that. How do you think they will handle this receiver group? I think it's going to be a lot of deception. That's what Todd Bowles likes to do. Uh, you know, you could see Logan Ryan or Keanu Neal come down and line up in the slot, and then that's not even the guy who's who's covering him. It'll right. be Antoine Winfield that comes down and covers him, or it'll be Levante David that's covering him in a, in a shallow area. Todd Bowles is so good at disguising what he's actually going to do, and I think that's what has made this defense so successful early in the season. If I had to guess, Carlton Davis is basically going to have one side of the field. Jamel Dean is basically going to have the other side of the field. And Sean Murphy Bunting is going to continue to just walk up and down the sideline. He's had virtually no playing time at all this season. And you have rookie Zion McCollum, who looks to be on his way back from a hamstring injury. Not sure how involved he's going to be because if Sean Murphy Bunting can't see the field, I would be surprised if Zion McCollum does. But Todd Bowles is so good at shifting and rotating these safeties around because they're all so versatile that not only does it keep the the offense guessing, it also helps this defense kind of lull the offense into thinking they know what they see and then capitalizing by taking the ball away or getting to the quarterback. All right. I, th- there's still plenty more to discuss with, th- with this two uh, teams that, that we expect to be in the mix in the NFC. We'll give our predictions here coming up. Before we do that, let's talk about our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all of your pro and college football action and all of your betting needs this season. I like the under in this game. They almost couldn't set the line low enough for me not to like the under in this game. Find all of the latest football developments, game matchups, news, everything you need for this year's NFL season at Bet Online. They're your continued source for all of your sports wagering info. They have live betting, they do esports. Right now, there's plenty of fun golf stuff with the President's Cup here, boxing, MMA, and the NBA season right around the corner. Baseball playoffs right around the corner. Head to the website or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. Bet online where the game starts. 
All right, Peter Bukowski, Locked on Packers, here with James Yarko from Locked on Bucks. Thanks for making these shows your first listen every day. Uh, so here's what I've been saying all week. This is a game that the Packers have to win given the state of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers team. If, if, if for no other reason than mentally, it is just such a boost. The Packers had issues with San Francisco. They get blown out of the regular season in 2019. They get blown out of the playoffs in, in the end of that season. They come out and they beat a banged up 49ers team on a Thursday night. And it felt like a weight was lifted off their shoulders, even just for the fans. But I think the players were feeling it a little bit too. Now, we don't have to talk about what happened in the, in the playoffs this past season, but I, I do think it helped from a mental standpoint. The fans are going to go nuts if the Packers lose this game against a, a Bucks team as banged up as this one is right now. And the odds makers, by the way, agree. They have Tampa as one and a half point favorites. It was two and a half, even three to open, depending on when you looked at it. Um, our friends over at Bet Online. So I think that this is a game the Packers need. And it's a game that if I go back to that 2020 game, Marquez Valdez-Scantling was the best receiver on the field for the Packers in that championship game I think based on what we've seen the last two weeks especially Christian Watson has been open on some of these deep plays and I think they hit one or two of those and that ends up being the difference in a game again I think the Packers have to have but still a low scoring kind of like 20 to 17 sort of game I, I could even see like 17 14 like picture picture Dallas week one but with an with one offense on the Dallas side that's not as as inept as that Dallas team was that day, um, I think it's going to look uh, very similar. A lot of field goals, um, a lot of drives stalling out, some three and outs. Um, but ultimately, the Packers get a win. James, what say you? It, this is this is a big one for both teams. Honestly, you took a look at this Buccaneers schedule at Dallas, at New Orleans, home against the Packers, home against the Chiefs, and a lot of fans thinking. The Bucs can escape two and two, uh, assuming they lose to the Saints. That's a win, uh, especially given all the injuries and, and everything that's going on. But you take a look at the implications down the line. If the Buccaneers win, they're sitting at three and oh, they're three and oh in the conference, and they have a head to head win against the Packers, who are then sitting at one and two, one and two in the NFC and would have to overcome the Bucks' record if they are, you know, these two are competing for that number one seed at the end of the year. And Aaron Rodgers has struggled against these Buccaneers, especially in Tampa. He's 0-2 against the Brady-era Buccaneers. He's lost three of his five career matchups against the Bucs. One of them was in a cream-sickled comeback led by Josh Freeman all mm -hmm. those years ago. Bucks legend. Yeah something like that uh at the end of the day defense is going to win the game and i think the buccaneers have the better defense right now i expect uh, another big time takeaway in a big moment in the second half that will either be returned for a touchdown or lead to a touchdown and that's going to prove to be the difference i'll take the bucks 20 to 13 all right so you like the bucks and the points Interesting perspective. Just to just to recap all of this for the Packers, they need to run the ball and they need to stop the run. That is the deal for them if they want to win this game. 
if you can control the line of scrimmage in that way, and they have they have for one and a half games done that. Their their front has also been very good at creating pressure. They did it to Kirk Cousins. They did it to Justin Fields. As long as they're not busting these coverages in the back end like they did in week one, I think they're going to have a good chance to slow down this Buccaneers team. I totally understand where you're coming from when you say, okay, this is going to be a low-scoring defensive battle, and so take the team with the better defense. I just think the gap between the guys and the surrounding cast right now for the Bucs and this Packers defense is bigger than the Packers offense and the Bucks defense, where I think that's a little bit more strength on strength. And so that's why I think the difference in this game is ultimately the Packers' ability to control the line of scrimmage in the run game. On offense, they hit one or two plays, and that that is the difference. Summarize what you think the Bucks need to do to win for me. Yeah, it, it's going to be about protecting Brady, getting receivers open, on quick routes to get the ball out of his hand early with this beat up offensive line and a threatening Packers pass rush. Brady cannot sit back in the pocket for very long, much like what we saw against the new Orleans saints. And much like what you're saying for the Packers, the Buccaneers are going to have to lean on Lenny and this run game in order to control tempo, control clock, just like they attempted to do against new Orleans, a lot like what they did against the Dallas Cowboys and then it's all about the opportunistic defense for the Buccaneers. Create a rare takeaway from Aaron Rodgers. Rattle him. Get to him. You have the number one defense in terms of total sacks. You have number two in terms of takeaways this season. Those playmakers, the Jamel Deans, the Devin Whites, the Levante Davids, the Shaq Barretts, who has tortured Aaron Rodgers over the last couple of years, those guys have to show up and create these big passing situations for the Packers that the secondary can then take advantage of in this matchup. But it's going to be a battle. It's going to be ugly. And it's going to be a whole lot of turning and handing the ball off for both sides. It's all about who do you like more, the Packers offensive line and, and Aaron Jones or the Bucks offensive line and Leonard Fournette. It's going to be a good old-fashioned NFC Central matchup. I love it. Black and blue division. It's a throwback. You got two old quarterbacks. Let's go back to the old days. I love it. Absolutely. All right. Well, we want to thank you again for making us your first listen or view every day. Now make your second listen. The Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson give you the expert NFL analysis in less than 30 minutes. It is free and available wherever you get your podcast. Bucks fans, Please make sure you're checking out Locked On Packers with Peter Bukowski over there. Learn about the team that the Buccaneers are getting ready to play. Get all the ins and outs. Peter does a fantastic job over there. And Packers fans, if you are so inclined, check out myself and my co-host David Harrison over at Locked On Bucks so you can get to know the team that you are about to face. So once again, thank you everyone for joining us here on a Crossover Thursday episode here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code program for a four week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code program.